to another great edition of Strong Style. Hope you are all ready, all back from the gym. Hope you uh, got those gloves laced up, put it on your discipline, whether you're going to put your spandex on or put your uh, training shorts, maybe. Who knows? But Strong Style, of course, is where me or I, Jason, hi, I'm even making up my own name, Jeremy the Impact York from Impact Media here to talk all things pro wrestling and MMA, and there have been tons and tons of it. Where do we want to start? Let's let's just let's start where we're. Oh, if you would like to find us, of course you can find us on all social media platforms, uh, all the all the usual suspects. Uh, Facebook, just search for Impact Media or myself. Twitter. You have at the Impact 99 if you want to find my personal tweets or at Team Impact Media if you want to uh, find uh, all the show posts and, and things like that on Twitter at the Impact 99. Once again, that's my personal slash where I put all the shows. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn. Hey, there's a good chance if you send me an invite, I'll probably be your uh, connection on there as well. All the, all the fun places you can find us there. Uh, anywhere you can download a podcast, I believe you can pretty much. You can pretty much find us. That's that's how I find it as well. Uh, all the fun places you can find it there. Unless you have questions, comments, suggestions. Uh, if you are getting it from the iTunes store, if you want to go in there, leave us a uh, comment, question, suggestion, and and a review. You know, just do a review real quick of what you like about us. Give us a five-star rating. We will be best friends forever. Four-star rating. Uh, we will definitely, uh, we'll definitely uh, chat if you ever, if you ever want to or need to. Uh, Three-star rating. We will uh, virtual high-five probably, probably once a week or so. If we see each other across the street, we will wave and not look the other way. Uh, Two-star rating. I'd really like to know why you give me that one star rating. Thanks for listening. But if you're going to give us one star, why uh, check out our other podcast? I don't know. Uh, but uh, we are working on merchandise. 
You know what I'm saying? Like we are working on, and uh, when I say merchandise, we are um, definitely doing some shirts. Trying to figure out what else we want to do beyond that. Um, looks like our producer for the night is Miss Sassy, and uh, she looks like she is uh, roaring and ready to go. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Let's start. I'm starting pro wrestling tonight. Let's start with Monday Night Raw. Now, the big thing that was going one of the big things about Monday Night Raw is we got the group Retribution. Uh, we finally got. Uh, the five main ones, they technically unmask or unhood. I guess they're not, they uh, pulled the hoodies back. They're all wearing um, kind of Waterworld-ish, Mad Max-style uh, face mask of some kind. That may be the best way they have to, to uh, fight the COVID. I, I don't know. Um, them and the Hurt Biz kind of have, Hurt Business kind of have this weird thing going. Um but at the same time, the thing we learned, trying to, they're, they actually they actually have names. Uh, here we go. The three main guys, at least, there's three guys and two girls so far that seem like the main ones. There's still a bunch more. It's the aces and eights thing, basically. It's there's the main group, the main core, and then there's kind of everybody else just kind of in and out, show up when they do. Uh, but the three main ones we learned because they were in a match versus the Hurt Biz. As part of the main event, you had Slapjack, you had T-Bar, and you had Mace. Yeah, this sounds like one of those street ball basketball video games from um, Sega. I believe Charles Barkley shut up and jam or something. It just sounded like a lot of people off of that. Now, I loved that game. That was one of my favorite basketball games. But that's a whole different Tangent. Um, the only thing I would say, I kind of like the retribution thing to a point. It's growing on me. I want to see what they do going forward. Uh, so far, they're pushing the guys. I would like to see maybe the two girls um, take on. I'm not sure which team because all the other teams are kind of tied up with different things. But I would say. But I would say maybe. Have, like I said, have the have, have the two ladies um, go against. Uh, it could it could be NXT for all that matters. Two two uh, pretty decent people. I think that would be nice to, to see that. Even though it seems like one of the one of the ladies is uh what's what's going by Mia Yim here. I think one of them is her. I'm not sure who the other one is. I'm pretty sure one of the guys is Donovan Dijak. I believe he is. Thank you, Slapjack, but I, I I don't really know. Hopefully, we'll find out more tonight as uh, Raw will be on in uh, a little bit more time, probably after the show, from where we're taping right now. But uh, it's nice that we're seeing now the the, the, the top five, well, not top five, but the main five. We're seeing the core now to see what they're going to build on, see what they could possibly do with this, because at some point, you need to start singling out some members. Kind of like with uh, the Nexus years ago, It's at some point... The, uh, the cream kind of rises to the top. There are expendable members, and you, they can kind of come and go as they want, but you really need those faces out front, even if you can't see their faces. Uh, I'm kind of enjoying the retribution thing. It's kind of shaken up, and it's kind of mid-card-ish, even though it's in, involved in the Hurt Biz, which at least half of our main eventers. At the same time, you know, kind of enjoying it. It's kind of a, a, a different... A different 
something different for Raw. We'll put it that way. It seems to be where all the, the Rebel groups come in, but it seems like they have identified with Raw and uh, are going to pretty much stay on there for now. And they could flip-flop. Who knows? Because supposedly these five members signed contracts, a.k.a. these are the five we're going to see the most because they were all under contract. We're not stupid. And if you didn't know, that doesn't make you stupid. But I'm, I'm keying you in right now. That's... That's not a behind-the-curtains thing. That's not something I read off the dirt sheets. No, the, these five people were already under contract, along with uh, the rest of them. They may be on smaller contracts, but these five have actual main roster contracts, or they wouldn't be on the main roster. That's just how that works. Uh, the other thing, they had a number one contender match to take on the Street Profits at... It's not Clash of Champions. It's Night of Champions coming up. And Garza and Andrade won that over uh, Carrillo and Dominic. Murphy and Seth are going to face the Street Profits. Uh, once again, here's the Street Profits versus two guys they have faced 100 times. Uh, they got to shake up the tag division a little bit on Raw, at least. Maybe SmackDown. Maybe um, kind of, I don't know if you want to move Heavy Machinery, but I would move at least one of the teams from SmackDown to Raw and maybe one of the, you know, Garza and Andrade who are suddenly getting along again, maybe move them. But that is what it is. Um, Keith Lee had a good match with, with uh, Drew McIntyre up until Randy Orton showed up. Uh, the, the Raw Underground stuff again. We got to see Dahl versus uh, Arturo Ruiz. Arturo is, uh, I think he's a mixed martial artist, and I think they signed him that way, out of that uh, wave of them that they signed. And uh, it was kind of nice. They don't let, Dahl's not real good at being a puncher, kicker type MMA, but uh, he can probably out-wrestle about anybody in the building. But uh, he ends up getting the victory in this one. Kind of, you know, they're, they're kind of weird. The way they do them. I know. Our, our producer Sassy apparently is a is a doll fan and I'm um, getting shot some crazy looks. Uh yeah, it just, it, it just seems like Raw Underground is is a throwaway except for when they want to feature somebody and they just feature either random people or like they'll feature like the biggest guy there. Like, oh we get it, he's the biggest guy there. It's somewhat underground fighting, even though it's organized, so uh, it is what it is. Also on Raw, they are bringing back one of the one of my least favorite storylines. Although the spin they are putting on it is uh, got a little bit of charm to it. Uh, one of my least favorite of all times was back in the day when they said that Rey Mysterio's son Dominic, his poppy, so to say, was Eddie Guerrero. Uh, it is one of my least favorite of all time because. Um, reading Eddie's book and, and just seeing how it just tore him up to to have such a ridiculous storyline, it, it I I didn't like it at all. I, but um, in this one, instead of instead of uh, Seth saying that he is instead of Seth saying that that he is Dominic's father, he, he was saying maybe uh, the, he was doing this Maury Povich thing where uh, the test results say this and that and. And uh, the Mysterio family all had the same answer of this ridiculous why are you doing this? 
then he showed a video where Aaliyah, before getting into the, the cage to celebrate with Dominic weeks back, actually checked on Murphy on the way in, and then there was an interaction with those two in the back. Um, Aaliyah and Murphy, I'm not sure what kind of connection they're going to go there. More than likely, that means they're already a, a backstage couple before all this, and they're now playing this up as a storyline, which is typical WWE. And most of the time, the realer storylines, the realer, the most real storylines tend to play out a little better because you're not pretending things that aren't there. The way I would like to see this play out, honestly, is um, Aaliyah, at least for a, a handful of weeks, until maybe coming to her senses or just, you know, going forward. If she's going to be a talent, on-screen talent too, have her and Murphy kind of link up. Kind of, uh, she can come out and manage him to a point or come out with him and, and it could uh, make it to where Ray gets Ray and Dominic go against Murphy even more. I, I like those matchups. So, um, as much as I don't like the paternity crap, if this puts Murphy and Aaliyah together, then um, it could be interesting. And I, I, for one, wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing it. Went back to Raw Underground. Riddick Moss, who I think they are are, are trying to build up, and and um, they're they're trying to feature, trying to showcase him a little bit. And he's a big physical presence, so I kind of like that he's getting a little bit of a nod. He took on Eric from the Viking Raiders. He actually beat him in this Underground stuff. That's okay, whatever. Peyton Royce finally got to take on Ashka. People jumping in the end kind of ruined that, but uh, they they do still think highly of Peyton Royce, and it will be very cool to see what they ultimately end up uh, if they end up push strapping a rocket to her back and send her straight to the top, or if she's going to work her way up. Uh, I honestly, if she worked her way up, I could see her in three, four, five months, maybe six months. Maybe winning the Women's Royal Rumble. And maybe if she continues on the path she's on to uh, potentially main event WrestleMania. Maybe a little early on that, but may not. We'll see where she is in a couple months. More Underground. This was the main event of Underground where it was Braun versus uh, Dabba Keto, I think is his name. Big, big, uh, I'm not sure where he's from exactly. He is from, I think, Europe somewhere, but I, I honestly don't know. He's a big dude. He's, he's about as big as Braun, and the two of them just kind of threw each other around. Braun ended up kind of taking the upper hand, but I think that was part of the point of Raw Underground was to showcase uh, Dabo Kato. And seems like between Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens, they're both kind of picking on him, so it looks like he'll kind of come in that way. I think he could use a handler. I wasn't real keen on his speaking. I don't think he's quite at that level yet. He, he could definitely use a, uh, a handler, somebody to, to kind of, I'm not sure who. Uh, they have to find somebody or he, not really anybody out there. So, maybe I'll have to find somebody. But uh, sticking somebody with him would, would definitely be a, a, a pretty good thing, I believe. Talking about the main event, 
Um, it just ended up in a brawl towards the end. It's nothing big there. Let's go to Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling on Tuesday. Things that you need to know about that. It seemed to be finally featuring the X Division a little bit more. I know I've said that in recent weeks, but you had Chris Bay versus Trey. You had TJP. Oh, Chris Bay versus Trey versus TJP. Uh, then the winner supposedly got a future X Division title shot with Rohit Raju, who is the champion. Well, uh, he went after Trey won the match. Rohit jumped in the ring, dropped him like a bad habit. Immediately said, hey, let's do the match, and then he pinned him, and that was that, and it was uh, all a big jumbled mess, waste of time, a.k.a. what we call Tuesday Night Impact Wrestling. They uh, they just have these little cloudy moments where they just, I don't think they think things all the way through. It was uh, a joke. You have a really great triple threat match to showcase the exhibition, and then you have a guy squash it at the end. Because uh, all those guys are pretty even. So to have one just run over the one who beat the other two, yeah. Wasn't big on it. Uh, Sammy Callahan versus RVD. I believe this was the one where if RVD won, then Katie Forbes is a uh, new wife. I got to meet his, his former wife. I thought it was pretty cool, but hey, you know what? I didn't live with either one of them, so whatever reason they splits on them and for a different show, not this one. But RBD wins. Katie Forbes gets like uh, Callahan for five minutes. Callahan, of course, gets the upper hand for a while in that. And uh, eventually, Pyle drives Katie Forbes while RBD is, is laid out as well. Um, Sammy Callahan may be a guy going forward that they should push because he has a very unique, unorthodox style. But people get behind it, and he is a super solid wrestler. Super solid. I mean, I'm not saying necessarily has to be the champ, but pushing him to be a uh, sub-main event is probably where I'd keep him until I want him to be champ. But you have Eric Young. They're kind of in the same boat. Somewhere down the road, if Sammy was a super baby face, which is a hard role for him to play, maybe you could push that. But right now, Eric needs to stay the champ, and you need to have all the, uh, the good guys chasing him because – you could do this till the end of the year, have different people every week, even every other week going against Eric Young and just keep uh, rifling through the roster until you're ready to move it on. AEW. Got to see Ben Carter from Europe debut. Uh, he took on Scorpio Sky, who they are, are slowly pushing as well. That was uh, kind of nice. Scorpio Sky is, uh, is uh, I remember watching him on. How was it? XCW or something on MTV like 15 years ago is where I saw Joey Ryan. It's where I saw a lot of people that, that uh, have had good runs since then. Um, X-Pac was on there at kind of after he had gotten out of WWE. But uh, Scorpio Sky wins that one. Anna J beats Brandy for the second time. Uh, they they like Hannah J a lot. I think her being the lone female in the Dark Order is a good thing. I would like to see her get a little more sinister, but I like where the the, the young lass there is is going. And uh, win over Brandy helps. Kind of call yourself the Queen Slayer. I like it. She's not 
quite ready to go against Sheeta. But, you know, she's kind of like Peyton Royce to a point. Uh, give it a couple months. Get some victories under your belt. Get some, uh, like I said, get a little darker with your character, with what you're doing. And I think uh, Anna Jay could, could be somebody moving forward. That may be somebody they build on moving forward the same way we talk about uh, the other pieces over there, the MJFs and the um, Sammy Guevara's and, and, you know, people like that. Sean Spears and Matt Seidel had a, uh, a pretty solid match to where Sean Spears actually got a victory. Uh, I hate that everybody goes over him all the time, but uh, he beat Matt Seidel, who conveniently is going to be talked about in a Ring of Honor segment because he was on that as well. But Ring of Honor, uh, Ring of Honor did their tournament about two or three weeks ago, so it didn't coincide with where he's at now. Good to see Matt Seidel, though. That guy's been around forever. And... Good on him. We had a number one contender battle royal. Oh, that was uh that was the end of uh oh that was AEW late night, rather. That that was the matches they had on there. Just some random Tuesday night thing they did. It was uh interesting. Just had uh, a sneak in about an hour's worth of content there. I think it's because normally that's their dark match stuff. And, you know, the non-televised pre-show stuff. And they found a way to televise it. So good on them. Because that technically means three hours of content from them a week. They are not going head-to-head with Raw. They have carved out their own space. Because they were on after everybody else. Uh, Let's go to NXT. As I said, their number one contenders women's battle royal. Candice LeRae ends up winning this. I like that because now she can go against... The, uh, the women's champ over there. just forgot her name. It's uh, Zylee, I think. I think I'm saying her name right. But, um, yeah, I, I actually want Candace to win that because not just because I'm a, a not just because I'm a Candace LeRae fan, but because I think it's time to move the, the title over to her. So, um, beyond that, you had uh, Tommaso Ciampa come out and uh, had a pretty good match with Jake Atlas, but uh, Jake is is pretty new, and uh, Ciampa is a potential world title contender again. We had this weird match that Fandango put together where Danny Burch from his tag team and Roderick Strong from the Undisputed Era went against uh, Fabian Eichner, from Imperium and Raul Mendoza from, I never know the name of their tag team, but Danny Burch and Roderick Strong win that match, which means ultimately that Burch's tag team and Strong's tag team will go against each other next week for the right to take on Brizongo later on for the title belt, for the title belts. It's an interesting concept and uh, it allowed Fandango to dress up like Sherlock Holmes and for William Regal to <laughs> the one English guy in the whole bunch to uh, just tell him he looks ridiculous. Take the hat off. Yet Austin Theory versus Damian Priest. Damian Priest with a big win there because Austin Theory, man, to only be like 23 years old. Dude is like uh, he's super good, really polished. 
And he could be a guy going forward that you could see, you know, maybe spend a year or so in NXT, maybe get the call back up. There are places for him. He's been in three different places already on the main rosters. So, I mean, we could see Austin Theory be that guy that goes up and down all the time. Uh, yeah, Gargano come out and kind of smack Priest around, which is uh, could set up an interesting match there. I still like Priest as the champ. You had Ridge Holland, who was back, who went against uh, Antonio DeLuca. Ridge Holland is the former rugby player, and that dude can uh, he can work. It is very cool watching him uh, do his thing, and I'm a big fan of his and, and his in-ring work. And actually, Antonio DeLuca was a very good opponent for him. Very good opponent. Then that brought up the Eliminator something or other, whatever that was. I don't know. It was some weird. Basically, it was Eliminator Challenge. Where... Basically, it was a gauntlet match to determine number one contender for the guys. And uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Kushida started out. And then it was, it was, it was not as one person. It was not as one person. It wasn't like it started with two, and then when somebody's pinned, somebody's out. No, it's it was kind of like Royal Rumble format, where every five minutes, somebody else was coming in. So it started with Kyle O'Reilly and Kushida. Then Bronson Reed come out. Then because of, because of some outside interference, you had Bronson Reed, who did the big splash and beat Kushida, knocking him out of the match. Kyle O'Reilly then took out Bronson Reed uh, after... Timothy Thatcher had came out. Kyle O'Reilly also took Thatcher out and then ultimately took out Cameron Grimes, the last guy in the tournament, in order to be the number one contender now. We have our second Undisputed Era guy who will take on Finn Balor. Now, Kyle O'Reilly, Finn Balor, they are going to kick the holy hell out of each other because I don't think anybody has any better kicks than Kyle O'Reilly. His, I mean, you, he's better. I think they're better than CM Punk's. I think they're better than Daniel Bryan's. Overall, kick-wise, outside of Shibata from New Japan, I don't know that anybody is anywhere close to Kyle O'Reilly's kicks. But Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor, yes, sign me up. I like that we're getting uh, somebody else, somebody different featured. And uh, I look forward to that match. That should be a really, really good match. Let's move to AEW, regular AEW. You had Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford and Miro, a.k.a. Rusev, versus Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. Uh, of course, Kip Sabian and Miro end up winning that particular match, but Miro really starting to get into his killer mode again, and uh, that ruthlessness, that Rusevness, that Rusev crush that we all missed for the last year or so, is uh, seems to be back that that killer instinct and uh, very much enjoyed 
uh, watching Miro be showcased on top of uh, Kip Sabian is actually a good kind of wingman for him, even though the storyline has it the other way. We had Hangman Page versus Evil Uno with Omega on commentary. And Omega pretty much told everybody uh, there's no chance of that team reuniting. Him and Hangman are not going to reunite. And I think it's time for them to kind of split and do their own thing anyway. Omega is kind of in that veteran role anyway, and I'm not saying he's older. We all know Omega's been around forever, and he is still super top of his game. But he wants to showcase other people, I believe, So it, like the Young Bucks are doing. So you kind of step back and you find those people. Maybe it's Hangman. At some point, we're getting at Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega, and that is going to be main event quality. I don't care when it comes on. But that up until now, we haven't really seen that riff. Now we're starting to see that riff. So, you know, Hangman wins the match. Like I said, Omega pretty much still put it all to rest. That No, that, that reunion's not happening, and, and Paige said the same thing. We had Orange Cassidy versus Brody Lee for the TNT belt. Of course, Brody Lee won that one, but you talk about a crazy matchup. We all know the unique set of skills that Orange Cassidy has and the, and the flair and pizzazz and the way he presents himself. And then big bruiser of Brody Lee. He reminds me of, of uh, Bruiser Brody, which may be where he got his name. But uh, this was actually a, a really good matchup between two unlike talents, but the way that they both can play off of their opponent it made it, it might have been match of the night, and it was the second one out of the gate. Uh, we did see a Cody return at the end. He's back with Dark Hair. He's back from filming his TV show that he's on, uh, the reality based show. I forgot the name of it now. That was his big announcement, but Cody's back. That's all we needed to know from that. Uh, let's see. Ivelisse. Uh, I'm a big fan of, and Diamante took on Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa. I like that they keep teaming these two up. I like I like all those. All four of those ladies are unbelievable talents. Um, obviously, we know I'm a big Shida fan. I like that she's still the the uh, champion. They still got the NWA champion Thunder Rosa. She is off the off the wall great too. Uh, like I said, Ivelisse and Diamante are, are never going to disappoint. Of course, Shida and Thunder Rosa end up with the victory in this one. I don't. Unless they're going to have a, a women's tag division, I don't know why they keep doing these matches like this. Because uh, where do you? I mean, Sheeta and Thunder Rosa have already faced each other, so I don't, I don't get the end game there. But women's division over there is one of the best in sports. I would honestly say right now, AEW women's division is probably number one. I would put NXT next, and then probably Raw SmackDown. You know, those kinds of things. Um, Eddie Kingston got a title match with John Moxley. And for people who don't know who Eddie Kingston is, the guy is, has been a road veteran. Um, I kind of like that he, he called uh, John Moxley out where he said, uh, basically, this was the same argument that Samoa Joe and John Cena had a couple years ago where Samoa Joe said, uh, yeah, somebody took the big money, a.k.a. WWE, and the other one grinded it out. 
course, now Joe is in WWE and Cena is not. Cena left for Hollywood, basically. I'm sure he'll come back around once or twice a year, as usual. But uh, I like that Kingston called it. And Kingston and Moxley went out there, and this was an indie showcase where they beat the crap out of each other. Uh, obviously, Moxley ends up with the victory, but Kingston put himself on the map that uh, he can hang with main eventers. And um, I, I, I want him to put his little group together like he has. But I want him to do some good things going forward as well. I think Kingston is is a talent that you can you can uh, he's kind of like their Callahan, maybe not quite the wrestler that Sammy Callahan is, but Kingston can do some things, and I think you should you should uh, kind of push him in that direction because he kind of gives that street value to what you're doing. That moves us to SmackDown. You had Styles versus Zayn versus Jeff Hardy. That we're all debating, and then it ended up being a triple threat match for absolutely nothing. Uh, it, it ended up with Sami Zayn actually getting the victory, and then uh, they all climbed ladders and knocked each other off to get the Intercontinental belts. To which Styles actually ended up with both of them at the end, which tells me that he's probably not going to win at Night of Champions. I would actually say more than likely that Sami Zayn's going to end up with that, but we'll get into those predictions at, at a later time. Got Nakamura versus Metalik. Metalik is is a good solid wrestler, but Nakamura can probably out wrestle all three of Lucha House Party, and so could Cesaro. Uh, they're just that good. But Nakamura with the victory there. King Corbin over Matt Riddle in what should happen. I, I'm still I'm just not a Matt Riddle fan. I don't I don't get it. I don't get the the bro thing. I don't get the, let's not wear shoes, I'm an MMA guy at a wrestling ring. It's just, just, uh, I just, I'm not feeling any kind of personality. He, he just, I don't know. But King Corbett should beat him, and King Corbett did beat him, and I was pretty excited about that, actually. Uh, Bliss over Lacey Evans. Halfway through the match, we, uh, we get some blinking of the lights, and we hear the Fiend do his laugh which kind of uh, had her, uh, Alexa staring off into space for a minute. And then the lights and the, the uh, siren, the uh, kind of warning buzzer, ultimately uh, flipped Alexa into this trance. Then she beats Lacey Evans and uh, you know, kind of gets a weird evil grin on her face, rolls, rolls to the outside, goes up the, uh, the ramp. This, they're doing this great. They, this, this whole payoff here. Whether they pair them up or not, is they are prolonging this in the right way, and I am enjoying it. I hope you guys are too. Then we finally get the uh, the, the Roman versus Jay Uso face off. I really want Jay Uso to have a, a good quality showing when he takes on Roman. Like I said, we all know he's not going to win, but for him to get this opportunity, I think is fantastic. And uh, I actually don't think it was political. I don't think Roman pulled the strings to get this to happen. I think they actually looked and they said, you know what? Jey Uso has uh, been a, a great soldier for us. They've, they've done all kinds of things. His brother's hurt right now. Why not push him as a single? This is the same thing that Ring of Honor did with the Briscoe brothers years ago. So uh, I like it. I look to see what's going to happen there. Uh, we go to Ring of Honor, where the Pure Championship Tournament. We got to see the next two, the next two matchups. 
We had Fred Yehi, I think is, is how you say that. He's actually been pretty big here in the Atlanta area. Uh, good to see Ring of Honor signed him. Took on the last real man, Silas Young. Fred actually won. And he's good. He he's uh, he reminds me a little bit of, of uh, Kenny King. He just doesn't do all the, uh, the the jump kicks and things like that. He's, he's a good, solid wrestler, though. And he had a great show in there, and he moves on. And then the other matchup, we had Josh the Goods Woods versus the aforementioned Kenny King. This was the first one to go to a judge's decision. First judge says Josh Woods. Second judge says Kenny King. The third judge, which turned out to be Sumi Sakai, the veteran, uh, I believe, Japanese wrestler for Ring of Honor. And she said uh, she sided for Josh Woods because of what the Pure Tournament stands for. And Kenny King actually got a, uh, a warning for a closed fist punch that seemed to almost knock Josh out. And him being the MMA guy, he just called him flush. But uh, she said because of that punch, she had to side with Woods. So Woods ends up moving on as well. We will see what matchups happen next week. I, I'm enjoying this pure tournament. And uh, I look forward to I, – I really don't know who – I mean, there's so many different things you could do. So many people could win it. The pure is, is what Ring of Honor was built on. So – it's good getting to see them put emphasis back into it. The same way Impact Wrestling is putting emphasis into their exhibition. It's kind of what you were known for. It's how you built the company you have. So why not go back and build up from it again? Let's get into some MMA. You had the UFC 253. 253. Prelims. Um... You had Marquez over Brigamenov in a that was a light heavyweight division. You had a unanimous decision there. You had Juan Espino over Jeff Hughes in a heavyweight with the submission. You had William Knight over Alexa uh, Kamir as a light heavyweight bout as well. You had Shane Young losing to Ludovic Klein. Featherweight there, KO in the first round, it was fantastic. The way he, he uh, just laid into him and and uh, took him out that way. You had Diego Nightmare Sanchez. It was so good to see Diego. I have uh, he was big back when I was into it. It was good to see him again. He seemed to be in pretty good shape. Um, definitely seems to be on the on the back end of his career. But hey, he went in there and gave it to to Jake Matthews for three rounds. Enough until. Even though it was a unanimous decision, it was close in a couple uh, judges scoring there. But uh, Jake Matthews is a guy that, that going forward they can build on and do some things. I want to see if if uh, maybe they give him a super tough opponent coming up. But uh, good to see Diego again. Uh, you had Brad Riddle over... Uh, over uh, Silva in the lightweight division there, unanimous decision. Hakeem uh, DeWuda over Zabara as a welterweight, unanimous decision there. Catlin Vieira took on uh, CR Eubanks in a bantamweight, unanimous decision. Catlin gets that one there. Let's see. You had uh, Brandon Rovell 
with the guillotine submission in round two there over Kai Tour France. Yawn. Yawn over Dominic Reyes. A lot of people didn't have Yawn winning that. A lot of people kept saying Reyes, 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 Reyes. So Yawn gets the big victory there. He becomes the lightweight champion. I'm getting into uh, not just prelims, but some of the – I'm into the main card now. This is the sub-main. He is the new lightweight champion. He had the KO in round two towards the end of it, about four and a half minutes in. But then that moved us to the main event, where Israel Adesanya was able to beat Paulo Costa, KO in round number two to defend his middleweight championship. We had two big bouts over the weekend, and that was epic. It it was it was uh, super awesome the way they were able to do that. Now, coming up, of course, we have Fight Night. Fight Night, let me go over the 12 matches that are on the card. That is uh, this weekend on ESPN+. And then I believe ESPN is going to have uh, the top five matches on. But uh, the other seven, we'll start match number 12. You get Luigi Fredermini versus Jessen Ayari. It looks like uh, Luigi is the favorite in that one. You had Casey Kenny, who was taking on Alatang Haley. Looks like Casey is the favorite in that one. You have Loma Luke Booney. Jin Yu Fry. Looks like uh, Loma is the favorite in that one. A lot of people look. You guys may not know some of these names, but if you look them up, or if you Google them, YouTube them, or if you watch these fights over the weekend, you're going to know them. These are, there is no slouches. But uh, let's see. Match number nine is uh, Jordan Williams, who is the slight favorite over Nasruddin Imavov. Imavov. I knew I was saying that wrong. Sorry about that. Imavov. Uh, let's see. Charles Jordan is the big favorite over Joshua Cuevo. You have Carlos Condit, who's a slight underdog, to Fort McGee. That should be a good one. Both of those guys are long-tenured, big-time fighters. You'll see Carlos Condit has 43 professional fights and 29 for Fort McGee. So that is a lot of experience. That welterweight battle is going to be that, a battle. And the last of the undercard, Kyler Phillips, who is the big, big favorite, going to take on Cameron Else. Should be a good one. That should be a good one as well. It's it's a, don't sleep on Cameron. That uh, he, he could actually pull that out. Then into the main card, top five matches here. You got Daquan Townsend, who's a slight underdog to Dusko Tordovic, Tordovic, or Todorovic. One day I'll get that right. I'm trying, guys. <laughs> uh, but uh, Dusko is nine and zero against the 21, 11 and zero Daquan Townsend. Should be good. You can't sleep on it. doesn't matter if you're heavy favorite or not. You're only a couple seconds away from a loss in MMA. So that's why you tune in. Uh, match number four, Tom Brees, who is the slight favorite. He's going to take on KB Bular. KB is 8-0-0. Tom is 11-2-0. But that tells you that Tom's victories are uh, a little bit on the bigger scale. 
We got Jermaine D. Redemy, who's a slight favorite over Juliana Pena. That should be a good bantamweight in the women's division there. And then we get into the sub-main, or co-main as they call it, and then the main. The co-main. At 6-1-0 in the heavyweight division, you get Jorgen DeCastro, who is the slight favorite, minus 260 for everybody keeping score at home, versus the Brazilian at 8-1-0, Carlos uh, Felipe. I had to say that right. I have a friend named Felipe. That should be a just a slobber knocker, barn burner, if you will. And then we get the main event. Main event in the women's bantamweight division, which has a hand, you know, already said there was one bantamweight. Now here we go. We get 13-5-0 Holly Holm at the slight favorite as she takes on the 12-5-0 Irene Aldana. This could be big going forward. Going forward, you got to look at the winner of Holm versus Aldana and the winner of um, DeRandomy versus Pena. That's that's the Bantamweight division. You get Those are four ladies who are going to be pressing for the top very, very soon. Now, I, I hate to end on a, on a slightly sad note, but I got I to gotta say it because this is the show to say it on. Um, it, it really did sadden me because I was huge fans of, of this particular tag team. But to hear that Joseph Laronidas, a.k.a. Road Warrior Animal, passed away the other day. Um, you know, his his uh, his son, Joe Laronidas, played in the NFL for a while, played for Ohio State. And the Road Warriors, like I said, Hawk and Animal, were two of my favorites growing up. Them and the Steiner brothers, I would watch anything they did. And uh, that's that's kind of what swayed me to WCW NWA for a while as a kid because uh, just just huge fans of, of everything Hawk and Animal did, and uh, just sad to learn of the passing of that. But that's gonna do it for us. Watch UFC action this weekend. Monday Night Raw will be on an answer. So we will see you guys next week right here on Strong Style. Jeremy the Impact York. Excuses.